525, August 5th, 1962. We all know what took place. We all know. Glenn Danzig helped us to remember these facts. And that's the that's the reality. That's the truth. Welcome to tonight's show. I guess we'll call this a streaming evil live show since we're talking, you know, Glenn Danzig and misfits, you know, all things and such. That's what we call the show when it's one of those kinds of shows. That's what we have to do. Well, I'm trying to share this to trying to make this. Oh, God. Facebook. Facebook Live is so annoying sometimes. I can't even tell you. Um, How are you all tonight? It has been a busy, busy month. I can't even tell you how busy I've been. I always say I'm busy, but this time I was really busy. It's funny. It's last, last August I was incredibly busy. I mean, it was last August was really, really nuts, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. I'll bring that up briefly as it relates to what I wanted to share. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is really cool. Okay, so Glenn Danzig's first solo record, Who Killed Marilyn, is being reissued by Glenn Danzig through Evil Live Music. And I guess it's being, it's being distributed by Cleopatra. I don't know. I don't know how that works. So like Evil Live is his imprint, right? Like technically, it's his record label. He everything goes out, out through Evil Live, but I think I think like you know all the infrastructure, right? I think it's Cleopatra, right? Like they're they're the ones doing the the distribution side of things. And um, we had heard we had heard rumors about all sorts of reissues. We had heard that Will, Who Killed Marilyn was going to get reissued, and then like out of sight, out of mind, like nothing, nothing's coming. And then all of a sudden, boom, here it is. Really, really cool. Uh, Devil Man posted this in the seventh house. And here it is. Let me show you the picture. This is really cool. This is in the seventh house, everybody. Hold on. Boom. Look at that. Picture disc, man. Picture disc via, via Cleopatra records by way of evil live records and evil live as we all know was glenn danzig's enterprise after plan nine stopped existing i think there was like a little interim for a while right there was like a good five years where there was like nothing i don't know did uh black ass devil come out on evil live maybe it did i don't know in any case, I got to tell you, it looks gorgeous. I'm I'm stoked, man. It looks really, really pretty. Uh, but, you know, as far as picture discs go, picture discs don't sound good or don't sound as good as like, you know, other discs as whatever wax vinyl, you know, just without the picture. Doing a picture makes the uh, it impacts the sound slightly. Um. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like my ears are even good enough to pick up on those frequencies. So it's probably fine. That's just what I always hear other people say. Oh, it's a picture disc. It doesn't, it's not going to sound as good as a regular disc. The grooves, blah, 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 you know, 
you know how it is. You know how it is. Uh, before we go any further, let's let's do things right. This is for Rue Morgue, wherever he is. Uh, we we wouldn't be a show without the the intro. Jeff is gonna talk about the misfits right now. He's a nerd about this stuff, obsessed anyhow. Jeff never shuts his face, always needs to talk. My eyes show somewhere if he went out for a walk. Do you think that he cares? He doesn't care. He's out in Karanch. Yeah, baby. Um, we're also doing a giveaway. That's right. I'm giving away t-shirts. Holy hell. How am I doing that? Why am I doing that? I'm doing that through riot stickers. We're doing a special giveaway contest, but it's not easy. You're going to have to answer a trivia question. I'm not going to ask the trivia question until the end of the episode. So you got to wait all the way to the end of the episode to hear my little trivia question. And then, and only then, will you get a chance to answer it via fromismail at gmail.com. Link down in the description. You, you could send any kind of mail to fromismail at gmail.com. That's where I like to receive all mail. So check it out. Here are the rules. I'm going to be doing a live show every single day. I'm going to be giving away a t-shirt. At the end of every episode, I will ask my trivia question. You will send your answer to fromismail at gmail.com. And the first person to answer correctly will be the winner. You give me your name, your address, and your t-shirt size. If you are outside of the continental United States, you will have to cover shipping and handling. Join us night after night where I will be doing t-shirt giveaways who doesn't like a free t-shirt i'm not gonna go easy on any of you i'm gonna ask really hard questions so be prepared okay so now you know the rules you see the design cool obviously inspired by the misfits we love the misfits here on the channel so our t-shirt design is inspired by such things the from his friend club not original at all but whatever it's that's that's just our little thing that we're going to do. Okay, so, yeah, let's look at this a little bit more. So Glenn has signed this right here, and, he, and you know, he's the signature is very tasteful, if you ask me. I think when the signature is over lettering or on, like, you know, uh, parts of the picture where there's a lot of information, that really bothers me. I like neat, clean signatures in a non-intrusive kind of area, okay? That's super important. Um, here's what devil man says. So check this out. Now, here's the other thing that's really interesting as we, as we sort of get into this, um, this, you know, the, who killed Marilyn? I don't know if you want to call it an EP or a single, it's a seven inch, whatever the who killed Marilyn seven inch, um, only has two tracks. It only has two, just whatever. It's a single. It's got a side a and a side B side a is who killed Marilyn and side B is spook city USA. However, we have four tracks. What? Yeah, it's it's like exciting for two seconds because it's not really, I mean, it's different mixes, which is still cool. I'm not complaining. I'm actually, I mean, that that's something new and exciting to look forward to. So what we're getting here is we're getting a 12-inch version of the seven-inch, right? This is a 12-inch, and it's got, it's got, when you flip it over, it's kind of cool in the sense that 
if you've owned a who killed Marilyn and you have to flip the disc, if you want to hear spook city USA, now you can listen to the songs twice. <laughs> you can listen to, to twice the amount of songs, twice the amount of times, right? Like that's cool. It's like, you can hear the whole EP on one side, flip it over and listen to it again. And not only that, you can hear the same songs remix. It's remixed by Glenn. And this guy, Chris Rakestraw. Does anybody know Chris Rakestraw? I'm not familiar with him. Some guy, engineer of some sorts. Uh, why does Glenn have someone else help him with the remixes? We know how much Glenn loves to be involved in all parts of the process. Um, so maybe is that like, is his hearing like slightly? Does he have like a, is it, does it have to do with like finely tuned hearing? Like maybe Glenn has lost a little bit of his hearing having done, I mean, dude's been performing for nearly 50 years, almost 50 years uh, for 50 years. My God, why did I say that? 50 years. Yeah. Is it 50 years? Wait, holy crap. It is about almost 50 years. 2017 would have been 40 years. And in 27 would make 50 years. And that's not including if you're including his bands before the misfits, then he's been all right. So the guy's been doing live music for 50 years you lose you lose a little you lose some sound you lose a little sound right yeah ev i like what you're saying here you're saying glenn may want a fresh may want fresh ears in terms of a, an objective listening way i think that's why anybody would do it but glenn is a little bit different in that regard right a little bit a little bit um who knows who knows so in any case he's got he's got uh He's got four tracks here. I mean, listen, I, I'm definitely going to pick this thing up. I don't know if I'm going to go for the picture disc. Now it's like, well, wait a minute. Is there anything else coming? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I mean, when you look at what he's been doing with all of the other releases to come out, it's very possible that there are more versions com uh, coming along the way. And I made the mistake with Danzig Sings Elvis. I was like, ah, oh, yes, Danzig Sings Elvis. I'm probably the only person on the planet who bought Danzig Sings Elvis on black vinyl because I'm a jabroni. I mean, what a goofball, Je ah, Jeff. Just like, wait, five fucking minutes. The goddamn thing came out in how many different variants? I could have had my pick. I don't collect, okay? I'm not interested in, I don't need to own them all. I just want to have a, a really cool version, you know? And the thing is, you know, 30 bucks for 30 bucks for, you know, four songs or even two songs. That's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money for, you know, even if it's a tall, but here's the thing, these what's, what's incredible about not just, you know, Danzig or Jerry only, or whoever is putting out vinyl. I don't know about Doyle as much. I don't think people are collecting Doyle vinyl the way people collect Jerry or, or, or Glenn's stuff. But it's like, this is an investment. Like when you purchase this stuff, like it, it only appreciates in value. You're not going to regret. You're not going to regret purchasing one of these, especially this thing. You know, Glenn had this price that they sold out. Uh, uh, Devil Man at the seventh house says right here, um, all of our copies sold out so damn fast because he had a few advanced copies that were signed by Glenn and they were $120 in price. So four songs, two, two songs. Sorry, wait, I can't do math. Two variations of two songs for $120 on a picture disc signed. I mean, anybody else I go, that's a ripoff, but 
considering what the market value is for this stuff. And this is an official release of Misfit songs, even though it's a Glenn Danzig solo release. I mean, that's going to go, that's going to appreciate nicely. It will. It will. So whoever buys that is not going, is ultimately, depending on what your reason, if if your reason is just to listen to the thing, wait, you don't need a signed copy. But if you have a collection, now here's the other thing that's interesting too. What's nice about him doing this, like finally like putting something out, one, this really does, you know, I'd say the, I'd say the collector's market, whatever the collector scene is split, but not split evenly in this sort of sense. Like I wouldn't say it's a 50, 50 split amongst collectors that like 50% of collectors are like, yeah, bootlegs. They're awesome. I would say it's, I don't know. I don't know what the exact split would be, but maybe it's more like 80, 20, maybe like 20% of collectors are like, yeah, whatever bootlegs. Cool. And most, most serious collectors of this stuff hate bootleg shit. They hate it. They don't want it. It, it, it's not, you know, for lots of various different reasons It has to do with overpaying and, you know, whatever, maybe diluting the market. Although I don't think that really applies. Here's what's great about this sort of stuff. Putting something out like this is not going to dilute the market value of anything from back in the day. If anything, it's only going to appreciate more. We had Don. Shout out to Don. As a matter of fact, let me show something Don sent me. I haven't had a chance. I got a care package. Remember Don, who he did the Ronnie James Dio documentary. I had him on uh the show you should shout out to shout out to don if uh he's why if he watches this i haven't had a chance to really pimp this this is a good episode to do this on look at this look what he sent me that is nice this is his uh production company 914 pictures so he sent me these t-shirts this one i love he just printed this up look at this that's pretty rad i don't know if you could see it so shout out to Don. He directed a really cool documentary about Ronnie James Dio. It's got the guys from Black Sabbath in it. Um, it's got the guys from Black Sabbath in it and some other people. And um, it, it's just a great, I mean, everybody you could want in a documentary about Ronnie James Dio. In any case, I don't know how I got over there to that point being Don. Now I remember. Now I remember. So Don, Don, um, fuck, I just lost my train of thought here. Sorry. Don posed this question in the fiend, fiend club, fiend, fiend collectors thing discussing, do reissues dilute the market value? And I really don't think they do. I don't think they do. Um, I, I think they, if anything, they make, they make it more, uh, they make everything more valuable. That's what I think personally. Um, my diehard fan friend owns some of the weirdest bootlegs. I mean, yeah, they're cool for how odd they are, but you know, a lot of collectors hate them. Glad you could catch a live stream fish pause. How can I listen to it without buying it? I mean, why don't you just buy it and support the support the artist or you could, probably listen to the tracks on Spotify. I don't know about the remix versions. Oh God. Uh, listen, fish paws. I'm sorry, but like, I hate comments like this. 
this is like the laziest, most entitled comment from just like internet guy. Sorry, Fishpaw, but I mean, that's how I feel like looking at your comment right now. Like, dude, just buy it, man. Or just like not like ask that question and just go on Spotify and search who killed Marilyn and Spook City USA and just listen to it. Like, why even how can I listen to it without buying it? Like, come on, dude. How do you how, how do you really think I'm going to like legitimately answer that question? Like, and what are, is it meant to be rhetorical? Like, I just I don't get that. I just oh God, sorry. Fishpaw, get lost, man. I mean, come on. It's just so lame. So whack. So wickety wickety whack. Um, yeah. So I mean, look, there's 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 a reason. There's several reasons to own a, a picturedist version of it of this if you want, if you want to. Me personally, me personally, I will wait. I'm hoping. I mean, maybe I'll maybe I'm making a big mistake. I will wait for some other variant, some color that you know, and not purple because purple they already did purple. I want something weird. I want like pink with like sparkly sparkles. <laughs> I want pink with sprinkles. That's what I want for who killed Marilyn. Okay. And then I'll buy that. That that's something I would want to, to have for sure. For sure. Like I said, I don't collect. I just, you know, when something cool comes out and I want to listen to it or support it, I'll buy it. That's something I, I would, I would own. Uh, you know, he's put out some other stuff. I know he's doing a picture disc for 777. Um, man, I slept on that. That's a good album too, Danzig 7. And I slept on it. I don't know if that splatter vinyl is still around. That's something I would listen to a lot. I only want to buy records that I'm going to listen to over and over again. If it's not that, like, I don't, I just, I don't collect them in the same way I don't collect comic books, man. You know, you know, I'm that weird guy that buys comic books or used to buy when I used to read comic books. Like, you should see this wall over here. Um, in earlier live streams, I used to sometimes show footage of this wall. Uh, I would always buy the, the the trades, man. I would buy the trade paperbacks because I wanted to read the story. I don't give a shit about the collector's value. Although I do think some of those one shots, I got some one shots back there that... Um, prestige books as they used to call them i think they go for something now but i wouldn't sell them i love them i want to give them to my son my son comes down here all the time and i always tell him i say someday that'll all be yours and he goes oh boy he gets super excited this that and the other yeah the tie-dye i like the tie-dye style that's what it is it's the tie-dye style it looks cool uh let's take a look so so how did what is the history what is the history of who killed Marilyn in the first place um so let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about that. So the song, I don't know when the song was written. I don't think anybody really knows except for Glenn when the the I'm waiting for the autographed edition to come to Cleo Rex. Uh yeah, I'm I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Um I don't know when the song was written, but I do know that the song existed in 1978. The song was rehearsed by the Static Age band. So Mr. Jim and Frank Licata, a.k.a. Franche Coma, they both used to rehearse that song. And the song had a different arrangement. It was not the same song. And you've heard, you know, uh, Franche Coma's done some, some uh, whatchamacallit, he's done a couple interviews. And uh, he, as a matter of fact, Frank, where are you, buddy? You got to come on the show. We're waiting. People are waiting. Frank was supposed to rain check. We got to get him on the show. It's got to happen. Um, 
Frank, Frank always said, you know, all the way back, first time I ever interviewed him, like way, way, way back, he said that the harmonies were different. The arrangements and the harmonies were different. It goes, he said that for the chorus, the backing vocals, including him, he would sing, it ain't a mystery, it ain't a mystery, it ain't a mystery. So it would go up and up and up. And then at some point after Frank and Jim left the band, enter Bobby Steele and um, Joey Image. And we got what we have now. It ain't a mystery, baby, not to me. So something changed and whoever rearranged it, whoever decided that to, to rework it, reworked it. And that's where the, that's where the song, that's what ended up being. However, but again, to point out the fact that the song is older than you may think by, you know, upwards of a year, at least um, I, again, I don't, I can't give you an exact date. Nobody can. That would be impossible. Additionally, before Glenn released a solo record, <coughs> I'm just getting over being sick. So I have a little, I'm a little phlegmy tonight as I talk. Additionally, additionally, in uh, as, oh shit, what was I about to say? I like totally lost my train of thought when I coughed. Um, talking about the, in addition, right. So before Glenn put out the solo record, Who Killed Marilyn? There was another iteration that would have come out and didn't end up coming out. And that would have come out as a 12 inch. I think it would have been a 12 inch. It wasn't going to be a seven inch. And, you know, there was, there was a copy that was pressed. It was only pressed on one 12 inch acetate. And um, it, it was pressed sometime in the spring of 1979. And, What's interesting about this is it's one of two releases that just never came to fruition. You know, Glenn's got a pretty good track record when it comes to putting stuff out. I mean, at least at least at the beginning in the Misfits times, you know, because then the 80s are full of full of stuff that, you know, almost came out but didn't come out. But in in the in the from 77 to 83, Glenn, Glenn has a pretty good, the, the Misfits have a pretty good track record of putting stuff out. Um, the Who Killed Marilyn 12-inch and another single, Teenagers from Mars, uh, never came out. Actually, they don't have a good track record because Static Age never came out. And then 12 Hits from Hell never came out. Um, there would have been Okay, according to Erie, there would have been a Devil's Whorehouse single and uh, the Succubus Lady on Unholy Passion was originally for the Devil's Whorehouse for a Misfits release. Don't quote me on that. I just, rem I don't know where I pulled that from in my mind, but I feel like that is true. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like that. I feel like Erie said that somewhere. Maybe it was when I interviewed him or when I read it somewhere at some point that was, that was, so that's not true. I'm, I, I take back what I said. Glenn's track record's a little mixed. Some stuff would come out. Some stuff will not come out. Um, so teenagers from Mars, there was going to be static age and teenagers from Mars as a seven inch. And we know that's one of the most sought after collectors records of all time. I think now post post, um, 
cough cool going for 20 something thousand dollars in the 2020s. I think that the teenagers from Mars, you know, acetate would probably, probably go for even more money. Right. Because that was an unreleased record that contains potentially a very rare version of the song, a different mix, perhaps who knows. So we know about that. That was the first, that was the, well, I guess after static age, that was actually the second aborted release that we know of that we know of at least. There's a third song on Cough Cool that never came out. Supposedly, Harpies in the Night, Lost to Time. Whatever. I'm getting really, really off track here. The point being is that Who Killed Marilyn would have come out on a 12-inch all the way back in 79. And now, here we are in the year 2023, and it is coming out as a 12-inch. However, it's missing three songs, technically four songs. That has an extra song. It has Spook City, but the original track listing for Who Killed Marilyn was a lot different. It was going to be Who Killed Marilyn. They were going to put Eagles Dare. That was going to be side one. And then on side two, you would have had the Horror Business EP. How about that? How about that? So what you would have had essentially was a EP of Horror Business era material that just never came to fruition. Why? Why did it never come to fruition? I don't know. Um, I, I allegedly, apparently, it was too it was too much money to release as a twelve uh, inch. Is that the entirety of the reason? I I don't know. Um, after sometime after that, there might have been just the two songs: "Who Killed Marilyn" and "Where Eagles Dare" as a seven inch. Because he talks about that in in the um, Thrasher, he talks about that in Thrasher, but that also never came out. And so there's literally just one copy of this, what essentially would have been an EP. Now the other thing too is it came out in spring of 1979, and instead what was released? Here's what's interesting: what happened to Who Killed Marilyn? Um, it transformed into horror business. Right. Isn't that what's fascinating about it? Because if you think about it, immediately following this uh, released over the summer was the horror business EP, which is the side B of the who killed Marilyn 12 inch. Okay. So he, Glenn just was like, all right, we're scrapping these two songs. Maybe we'll split up the release. We're not going to do a 12 inch release. Maybe we'll just do the two songs as a seven inch and then the three songs as a seven inch. And then Who Killed Marilyn, Where Eagles Dare, that went by the wayside, just leaving us with horror business. So isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting how that sort of evolved? And isn't it even more interesting that anybody gives a shit here? That like I care enough to like talk about it right now? Like, I don't know, it's weird. Like, why do we care? Like, why does that matter? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It just does. It's history, baby. It's history, baby. It's just, you know, it's a sticky situation. What can I say? Sticky situation. And you know what else is sticky? You know where we're going with this, right? You know what I'm about to say. Motherfucking Riot Stickers. That's right. Riot Stickers is the official sponsor of the From Us channel. And not just the From Us channel. Did you know that Riot Stickers is also now the official sponsor of the Genre Blast Film Festival. That's right. The Genre Blast Film Festival has taken on Riot Stickers as a sponsor. 
I love Genre Blast Film Festival. I love Riot Stickers. Let's take a look at these Riot Stickers. These things are printed on vinyl. They have a UV coating that protects them from the sun. The vinyl protects them from uh, from the water, keeps them, keeps them waterproof. I mean, you just can't go wrong. And we have a special deal with Riot Stickers. You can't find this deal anywhere else. It is 1,000 stickers for $79. That's seven cents per sticker. And that link is in the description. So if you want to purchase a Glenn Danzig record, you can go down to Cleopatra Records and do that. Or you can go visit the seventh house. We put that link in there too. Or you can go a little bit further down and you can pick up um, uh, a thousand stickers for $79. So if you have a band, if you have an art project and you need stickers, if you need to promote $79 is, is a great way to spend that. And the uh, ride stickers will also be printing those t-shirts that uh, that I will be giving away. Stay tuned at the end for the trivia question. Answer. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to the beginning of this episode and take a look. And since we're here, before we play the commercial, we were talking about Genre Blast Film Festival. Genre Blast is what I was working and toiling away at last. Remember at the beginning of this episode when I said I was super busy last August? Well, I'm busy again because I'm getting my first Blu-ray ready for release. That's right. So from us, in addition to being a YouTube channel, uh, from us is also an LLC. Did you know that? And my dream, something I've been working towards for a very long time is putting out my own movies, putting out movies in general. And I'm starting that. That process has officially begun right now. My first release is coming out. It's my second film. And it played at the Alamo Draft House at the Genre Blast Film Festival last year. So it's all coming together. And you know what? I, I just decided this just now. I'm going to reveal the cover art. I said I was going to wait. I'm waiting right now. I have to burn a disc to do. I'm basically making a test pressing that I have to test on my, uh, on, on my TV. But you know what? I'm going to show you the, the cover art real quick. Just because. Just because I feel like it right now. Let, let me do that. Let me do that for you real quick. If I could just find it, let's see here. Uh, hold on, I gotta pull this back up. Where is it? And it's gone. Ooh, there it is. All right, give me one second. Give me one second. All right, check out my cover art, man. This is first time people are seeing this. I present to you the cover art for my first release on my new label. And uh, I'm very happy with how it all came out. And uh, yeah, I authored this disc by myself and uh, it will be available for sale online uh, as well as uh, a few other places. And uh, yeah, I just, I can't wait. I really can't wait. I got all these special features wrapped up together. And if you notice, just like following in the footsteps of Uncle Glenn and, you know, Plan 9 being my inspiration from his films, Dash 01, that's my that's my little, you know, you know, my little serial number. I don't know if you can see that very well. Let me make this closer. See, look at that. Number one, FF01, baby. I, man, I got to tell you, I've been trying to do this for years, man. I've been trying to do this for years. So I'm really excited about that. Okay, enough, enough of that. Let us play the Riot Stickers theme song here. I'm going to play the Riot Stickers theme song while I get myself re- configured because i just messed a bunch of things up so you know the drill right we make stickers banners and buttons too posters and from 
yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you. We got Sam Scamacy in the house. He says, super happy for you, Jeff. Looking forward to seeing what you have in store for all of us. I got lots of things in store. Just you wait. Just you wait. That is not me singing the jingle, uh, Johnny. That is actually the singer from Less Than Jake. That is the singer from Less Than Jake who wrote that for um for the riot for the riot stickers for the riot stickers guys for uh for sharpie riot so that is not me i do sing i don't sing well i do sing and i've sang a few things on this channel and you can find my i've i've even covered the misfits that's right but i don't play any instruments so everything i did was acapella i did an acapella rendition of hybrid moments and some kind of hate and I'm very proud of them. Although I do think I added the Misfits backing on one of them. I did a variation. But yeah, check that out if, if you want to hear a train wreck because it's a lot of fun. All right. So what were we discussing? We were talking about the lineage of how Who Killed Marilyn started off as a 12-inch. It was going to be a 12-inch EP that split, right? It split into what would have been just Who Killed Marilyn and Where Eagles Dare as a 7-inch. And that got scrapped. And then you, you're left with side B, which ended up being horror business. And in that sequence, it went from horror business and then Teenagers from Mars goes into Children with Heat, Children in Heat, as they played it live. Um, so that that was the only thing that came out of, of that. Now, for now, here's what's interesting. Now, here there is a mystery. You know, Glenn says it ain't a mystery, baby, not not for me, baby, not to me. There is a mystery here, though, and it's interesting. I don't know. Um, it, it's a weird thing because the Who Killed Marilyn that did come out as a seven inch and it came out August 5th, 1981, the anniversary of Marilyn Monroe's death. We all know this. This is nothing, nothing new. Um, it was, you know, supposedly printed twice um, on black. There's black and purple. And I think there's some some swirls, right? A couple swirls that that exist. Um, but technically, it's not a Misfits release. It's a, it's a Glenn Danzig solo release. Everybody counts it as a Misfits release. The Misfits recorded those songs. In fact, the Misfits recorded those songs back in during uh, God uh, was it in the spring of 1979 with Bobby Steele and Joey Image, and they never were released. Those were never released. Now, what? Now, here's what's interesting. Few, few questions. Some rhetorical. Some I'm going to attempt to take an educated guess to answer. Okay, not saying I know the answer. I'm saying I'm going to take an educated guess as to why. So Glenn decides to put out these 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 songs. They come out August fifth, nineteen eighty one. What's happened in nineteen eighty one? What happened in well, wait a minute. They did do stuff in 1980. Googie was in the band. That was not a good excuse. Good reason. So for the first six months of 1980, they did not really, not six months, but the first couple of months, they did not have a, a stable drummer. Remember, Joey Image walked out on the band in December of 1979 in England. And then it was a little, there was a window of time where they didn't get Googie just yet. So they were kind of, they were in a lull. And that's why I bring it up because 
it was one of a few lulls. And from 1980, you know, through, you know, 81, you know, the, there was, there was inconsistency. Now, I can't tell you to what extent there was inconsistency. I really can't. There's only a few people on the planet who would actually be able to tell you apart from Glenn, Jerry, and Doyle and Googie. You know, maybe Rocky would be able to tell you. I mean, anybody that was close to the band would really know the extent of it, but that's really it. No one else. There's nobody on the, no experts, nobody. There's nobody who could tell you, you know, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Maybe Steve Zing could tell you because Steve Zing was around, right? He was in the periphery in some way, shape, or form. Maybe Erie Vaughn could let you know. When did Erie Vaughn do that cave shoot? Was was in 80, right? It was in 80 because Doyle had already joined the band and asked, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. In any case, um, during one of these lulls, and I'm using the word lull, meaning like inactive, an inactive period, um, Glenn, uh, this comes from, I don't know. I'm trying, I don't know where this exactly came from. I think Glenn talks about it in the uh, Pusshead interview where he's like, he's like, the guys were not interested in putting out these songs. Glenn just wanted to put something out. It had been some time since they had put out a record, right? It had been a, 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 some time had passed. The last thing that, um, the, actually that's not true because they put out three hits from hell which came out in April. So that doesn't make any sense either. Hmm. I mean, they had just put out a record in any case, there was a lull. Glenn wanted to put out this record and he did it without the rest of the band. Although he, I don't know. He claimed he's like loops Googie and Googie. And I wanted to keep practicing. The other guys didn't want to keep practicing something along those lines. Right. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Something along those lines where they wanted to, they did. Wait, what? What? Chris, you found the location of the cave shoot? Bullshit. Bullshit. Chris, you send an email to fromismail at gmail.com right now with that exact location. Immediately. Immediately. Please. Please. All right. Um, not telling lame that's friggin' stupid okay then don't then don't be that way you know what i don't believe you then i think you're full of shit if you won't tell me then you're full of shit you didn't find the cave you didn't find the cave the location of the cave shoot you think you did you didn't find it i don't believe you that's fine all right anyway back to what i was saying all right so there wasn't i you know for some reason i thought that lull was longer they put out something in april August is when is when they next put out something or when Glenn next put out something August 5th. So that doesn't really that doesn't really make sense. Yes, this is where I was going to, though. Glenn dipping his toe into going solo, something, some sort of communication, some sort of friction between the band leads to Glenn deciding, hey, I'm going to do a solo record. I'm going to dip my toe into the solo solo sort of area of things you know what i mean um and it was just him and one other guy so george germain we talked about george germain before george germain he's like man that dude does not get talked about enough but he's like integral 
He's so integral to the misfits, man. He's so important to the band. Like they learn so much from George. He's kind of like, a, I guess he's kind of like a mentor in a way, right? Like he shows them a lot of technical stuff. He shows them how to customize instruments. He's out there. He's recording their live gigs. In fact, that, that thing at Kansas, Max's Kansas city from 78, from December of 78, that's George, that we have that because of George, George recorded that. And maybe he recorded even more. I don't know. So um, George and Glenn go into the studio and George engineers it. George is the engineer and Glenn lays down all the instruments. And, you know, going back to this idea of like Glenn dipping his toe in, in going solo as Michael is saying in the comments. Um, yeah. I feel like it's like, I feel it's like I can technically play all these instruments. Let me hear how it sounds. So it's like who killed Marilyn feels almost like a test run. Can I do this on my own? And I think ultimately all you got to do is listen to who killed Marilyn on, on, uh, the, the one with Bobby Steele and Joey image, and then listen to Glenn's solo version. And it really tells you all you need to know. It really tells the story in and of itself that maybe even if Glenn wanted to go off solo, he did not have the uh, chops to do it. You know, listen to the drum beat, listen to Joey's drum beat and listen to Glenn's drum beat. Glenn's drum beat looks like he is holding on for dear life. Sorry, Glenn, but it's the truth. It sounds like he's he's hanging on for dear life with that. And maybe it's his first time ever trying to drum. Like, I can't knock knock him for, you know, going out there and trying something new. I do that all the time. I always try to wear too many hats, and sometimes it blows up in my face when I do, but I try, you know. And what happens when you wear too many hats? You spread yourself thin, right? So it's like... It's like when you listen to it, it sounds like he is holding on for dear life, trying to keep time. Maybe he's even counting it off in his head, like he's just trying so hard, man. Um, Telescope says it's raw. Yeah, it is. It's got a nice rawness to it. But, you know, there's this moment, you know, there's a space for a guitar solo. Glenn doesn't even attempt it, man. Like he doesn't even attempt the guitar solo. He just stops for a second. He does this cool, it's almost like an anti-guitar solo. It's like, here's where the guitar solo is supposed to be, and then I'm not going to actually play it. Screw you. I'm not going to play the guitar solo. He doesn't play anything. Um, the, the instruments don't even really feel very musical. They almost feel like they are cohesively trying to hold a beat that Glenn can then use his um, incredible singing voice and sings over it and his singing is great the singing is the best part on both of those recordings uh i will say i do like that the way that he does that like weird oi arrangement for the backing vocal in spooks of you say that you know i don't even know how to sing it i can't verbalize it right now but like you know the you know what i'm talking about here is where i know and he goes i i i i i i like that's cool i like that uh, Jeff and quiet heard George from that Michigan TV appearance where Glenn IDs himself as slim Whitman. I had heard of George only from that Michigan. Interesting. Um, yeah, dude. So I don't know. I think that's, I think that's pretty interesting though. Um, that, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm going to strike out and try and do this thing. It's like, 
Glenn always knew how to play guitar, but yet he doesn't play guitar. He, he wants to be the singer frontman, and aesthetically, that's part of it. But also, you know, look at Bobby Steele's guitar playing versus Glenn's guitar playing. You know, and but look at Bobby's chops, man. Bobby Bobby add added so much on the guitar to those recordings, in my opinion. You know, that's what I think at least. Um, and then here's what else is interesting about it all. So when Glenn re-releases who killed Marilyn. Now here's the other thing. This is going to, right, this kind of blows my mind. So then Glenn re-releases who killed Marilyn in the legacy box. It's 1985. It's really at this point, I, you know um, it's him and he's got eerie, you know, sort of supporting him in the studio in various different ways. Although eerie, when I spoke to eerie, he said, he said, Hey dagger, the, um, the, the version that's on legacy is the misfits version. And I'm going to get to that in one second though. Give me, give me one second dagger. Um, Erie, Erie, as I recall in his interview with me told me that he didn't really play. He was offered Erie was offered to play on legacy brutality. He didn't want to do it. So Erie actually declined. He later would help Glenn record Walk Among Us 2, a.k.a. Misfits Collection 2. That's right. Walk Among Us 2 was that was originally supposed to be Walk Among Us 2. But um, but for Legacy, that's, you know, that's Glenn augmenting what's already there. Now, here's what's interesting. You could say when I when I spoke to Erie, you know, Erie was telling me about, you know, why something like American nightmare got included on legacy. It was, it was a way of, it was a way of, uh, creating, um, what's it called? Uh, putting something exclusive. It was a way of, of creating initiative, not initiative. What's the word I'm looking for. I can't think of the word. It's on the tip of my tongue. It was a way of creating, not initiative, of creating, you know, uh, motivating, motivating, whatever. It's not the right word either. I can't think of the word. It's on the tip of my tongue. It was his way of motivating people to go out and purchase songs that they already had. Here's a song that you don't. It's called American Nightmare. However, in addition to that, so I don't think that's the reason why he changed the version of Who Killed Marilyn. He went in and specifically re-recorded over those tracks or played over those tracks, trying to pass it off as re-recording because he didn't want to pay royalties. He didn't want to have to deal. He thought that that would be a, a way of circumventing anybody else, anybody else's claim on those recordings. And I'm sure whatever, a lot of factors that went into that besides that, you know, maybe he's thinking about walk among us and everything that happened walk among us, which is why he would go and do walk among us too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, what's going on? Crazy white boy out of Baltimore. C C C W B. Kevin's here. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for the cave directions. Are you guys torturing me now? You guys are torturing me. So you gave Chris, you gave Michael directions to the cave. Dude, I would do a whole documentary on that frigging cave. Yes, right. To create demand, but that's not the word I'm thinking of. It's an I word to create, uh, to uh, uh, incentive. Holy shit. How did I not, how did it take me this long to think of the word incentive? It created an incentive to buy legacy of brutality by having the extra track. 
I don't think the reason why Glenn chose, and now Dagger, this is what we were talking about. I don't think the reason why Glenn chose the version, uh, the Misfits version, as opposed to the one he had done solo. He had already done a solo version where he played all the instruments and therefore wouldn't have to deal with, you know, cutting anybody else in on the record. Maybe that's why Glenn did that in the first place. So one, he wanted to see if he could just be a one-man band. But two, I'm going to play all the instruments because I want this to be super separate from the Misfits, which is still an active thing. And I don't want to mix everything together. It's just going to be separate. And any, you know, anything that comes in from Who Killed Marilyn is going straight to me because I played on it. I played everything on it. How So you would imagine that when Legacy comes around and he's trying to alter the tracks enough, he's trying to alter... The, right yeah incentive dude i same thing I, I i'm dumbfounded at myself as well don't feel bad so so um he's going to great trouble and spending money on playing over and reconfiguring the tracks enough that he would feel that that he recorded everything himself even though he doesn't really touch the drums or did he because oh shit's getting nerdy right now because upon listening to the same version the version of who killed marilyn that can be found on disc three in the box set is the same version that's on legacy of brutality at least the drums are the drums and the guitar you can hear bobby Steele's guitar playing underneath so glenn took that version instead of the version that's on who killed Marilyn. Why did he do that? Why? Because he probably thought it was the superior version and he, nobody had ever heard it before. It was an unreleased track. So all Glenn had to do was play guitar and bass over it and sort of try and pawn it off as his version, his track, his version of the track, because the version that's on the solo record probably would have stuck out it doesn't sound like the misfits it doesn't those re the way that the, the instruments are so wooden the 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 performances they feel layered and what do i mean by layered it feels like someone is playing guitar on top of somebody else who's playing the drums it doesn't feel like a performance that's in sync all the misfits stuff was tracked live or at least most of it a lot of it that we know of right all of the horror business stuff. I mean, pretty much all of it was, right? It was a lot of those tracked live. Glenn didn't track Who Killed Marilyn Live. And you can tell the difference big time. So perhaps he chose the other version on Legacy of Brutality because it would fit more seamlessly with the other material. Additionally, there, I, and again, my ear is not sensitive enough, but somebody who does, somebody who has a better ear than me, who has a more sensitive ear what's up with the drums on legacy of brutality because when you listen to the drums on legacy of brutality versus the one that's on the uh disc three of the box set the drums are different i don't know how they're different there's it's a lot more jumbled the drums are a lot more buried and it sounds like glenn is trying to do something to the drums to make it feel more like he's playing them instead of joey image now the reason why I even bring that up is because when they're doing Walk Among Us 2, uh, Erie has mentioned Glenn is Glenn is doing 
Glenn is doing the drums as well on, on cough. Cool. Part of it is Manny and Glenn is adding percussion onto the drum tracks or in addition to the drum tracks. So he's changing up the drums slightly. I want to say, I want to suspect that he did the same to legacy of brutality. And again, all of this goes back to the notion that here's Glenn. He's fed up with the misfits on some level in 1981. Mind you around this time, he also records Archangel, right? Archangel was originally tracked around the same time that he did, uh, that he recorded, um, who killed Marilyn and spooks of the USA by himself. How about that? Right. In fact, it was a month apart. Okay. Hey, what's up, Zach? We got count Zacula in the house. How you doing? Good, good to, good to see you. Thanks for, thanks for chiming in. Who's putting it out. Cleopatra is putting it out. Brad, Brad, Brad and Janet. (laughs) I was watching, uh, legend with my son you know the ridley scott movie and uh i love tim curry's voice in that and he you know the the goblin's name is blix my son does a really good impression of blix but i just love the way he goes blix (laughs) tim curry style he's like he's like blix is your heart is there hatred in your heart and blix (laughs) blix goes black as pitch sigh he's like master my heart is full of hate, black as pitch, like a midnight witch, something like that. I don't, sorry, I digress. I digress. Legacy is so good. My introduction to the Misfits, 1988, I bought it. Cliff Burton int- influenced him to do Legacy. Um, I didn't know that. Really? Cliff Burton influenced Glenn to do Legacy. I would love, you know, Michael... Go to fromismail at gmail.com. Please send me any sort of article or anything. I would like to, to learn more about that. I didn't know that. Is it, Where did you hear that out of curiosity? Um, theme for a Jackal is the one recording on Legacy, I would say, gets the most drowned out drum tracks compared to Static Age. The drums on Legacy are so quiet. I wonder why. I wonder why. In any case, to go back to this, you know, in terms of in terms of actual recordings, you know, um, okay, so that's where the lull was. Okay, here's the where the lull was. I was right. There was a lull. I just completely, it was It was a difference. It wasn't a difference in the releases. It was a difference in going into the studio, and I was initially correct. So before, remember how he said, oh, they had just released three hits from hell, but they hadn't recorded in a really long time. They went into the studio to work on 12 hits from hell, which yielded three hits from hell. And that was in September of 1980. We've talked about that at nauseum. Go check out the 12 hits from hell episode. You know, when the next time they went into the studio would have been in March of the next year in 81. And that was to do Archangel, which wasn't even a misfit song. And then it's not until April of 1981 that Glenn goes in by himself to do those records. Okay. So 
they hadn't recorded in a really, really long time. And so maybe Glenn is thinking the misfits are over and, or maybe Glenn is starting to entertain, Hey, I want to do something else. And maybe it took a few years. I mean, until 83, when he's really like thinking, okay, it's time to go and do something else. I'm going to do this thing called Sam Hain. That's not a lot of time. It's less than, it's less than two years, right? The gestation. We tend to think that 81 between the 81 is not a long time away from Sam Hain. The whole misfits lifespan is only seven years, six years, whatever you want to call it. <coughs> 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, six and a half years. That's it. So they had a huge gap in time for recording. That's when it took place. And that's when he recorded solo. And that's where he's striking out on his own. I'm going to do my own instruments. He even threw in, there were some keyboards in there as well. So I'm going to do my own instruments. I'm going to put up my own record. And I wonder upon hearing, and you know, it doesn't matter because he spent money. He invested the money in pressing up the record. He's got to sell it. He's got to embrace whatever it is. But yeah, I have to imagine he heard those records and compared to what he had recorded with the Misfits, it pales in comparison. Sure, they have a raw sound. Sure, they sound interesting, but they are so far removed. The decision, hey, I'm going to take two songs that I already have in the can and go back into the studio and re-record them by myself because I don't want these guys to have any stake or claim on the recordings. It's Glenn going, I'm going to do. So in a weird kind of way, in a weird kind of way, Who Killed Marilyn? It really is this the sort of first time, I guess, maybe there are cracks in the armor of this band is not going to work out exactly. And then, like I said, you know, he he basically admits as much because by the time 85 rolls around and he's doing he's doing legacy of brutality and dude decides to not even use the version that he has, you know, where he's playing everything. Could have saved himself a buck or two. Chose not to. Chose not to use those versions said I almost said versions now the 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 other thing oh thank you he says count says zach says my shirt rocks thank you very much thank you thank you i like the uh these are lemons pink lemons you know what's funny i went to go see the last time i went to go see the misfits everybody's dressed in black i'm the only one i'm wearing this shirt you can see me you could see me taking pictures with jerry other and franche coma wearing this shirt I was like, I totally didn't even realize it either until I got there. I was like, wow, everybody's wearing black except for me. Huh. Um, so yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else to say about all this? I don't know. Um, what per what version do you all prefer? What does everybody prefer? The oh, you know what I can do? Let's take a let's take a poll. How about that? Let us take a poll. Let me see here. Um, can I take a poll? Sure can. All right, give me one second while I do this. By the way, that's right. We have a trivia question. Win win a t-shirt. Got a trivia question. Let me see if I could do, do, do a poll though. Top chat. Okay. We're gonna ask a poll. It's gonna let me poll. 
Uh, here we go. Start a poll. Cool. Ooh, you could start a Q&A as well. That, that could be fun. All right. Uh, which version? Actually, there's a few version of the Misfits uh, who killed Marilyn's. Which version of who killed Marilyn do you prefer? Let's see what everybody answers. Question mark. And we'll put, we'll put Uncle Glenn or the Misfits. And let's see how everybody answers. And in the meantime, we got to get ready for our, our solo question. Is this going to let me? Yeah, there we go. Misfits. All right. Boom. All right. I just put a, I just put a poll. Can I pin that? No, I can't pin the poll. Let's see what everybody. Oh, we got a lot of votes coming in. That's nice. That's fun. That's fun. I got to do more, more of that stuff. Uh, let me see here. And then start a Q&A. Ask viewer questions live. All right, let's um, let's try that. Ask me something. You got to wrap it up here, people. Let's see what happens when I do that. Cool. I, I've never done a Q&A on here. We'll see what happens. Whoa. Okay, so we have already, it's, oh no, it's starting, uh, it's it's changing. We're at 12 votes right now, 83% misfits, 17% prefer Uncle Glenn. That's very interesting. There's, uh, it says there's 41 people watching live and we only have 13 votes. So come on, people. Come on, people. Let's Let's get some more votes there before I ask my question. Send us out of here. Um. Oh, <laughs> trick question. Uncle Glenn is the misfits. No, I disagree. Especially as of recent in the last few years, I totally disagree. Uh, the misfits is Jerry and Glenn. You need Jerry. Jerry helps to make the misfits, the misfits. There's no misfits without Jerry to either. You need both. You need both. You don't listen. Of course, Doyle is a great addition, but the Misfits, I feel, exist without Doyle. They don't exist without Glenn and Jerry, hands down. I thought the band didn't show up to recording, so Glenn decided to do it by his own. I think, no, I think that, so Jerry says he doesn't remember any of this, but Glenn says that he tried to get the guys to do it, to do the recordings, and they just they just refused or something. So he went in with George Germain. All right, so right now, um, the percentage is 86% for the Misfits and 14% for Uncle Glenn. Interesting. Very, very interesting. What should my question be? Let's think about my question. Hmm. I've got a lot of stuff to do. So I have to go back to, um, like I said, for those of you who are unaware, I'm releasing my first feature-length film. No, sorry, it's my second. It's called Gouge Away. I made it last year. I've been incredibly busy working on it. And I'm releasing it on Blu-ray. It's going to lay the groundwork to release so many other things on Blu-ray. I'm super excited to see what happens with that. Um, so I'm gotta, I gotta go burn the test, the test pressing, if you will. Funny, none of them can fill a large arena, but together they sell out MSG. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? I, yeah, I mean, listen, Doyle is a part of it too, but Doyle is not. It's Glenn and Jerry. When you hear Glenn singing, you need Jerry's backing vocals, man. 
hands down. And you know what really showed me that? You know what really showed me that? Going to see them live. Hearing Jerry do the backing vocals live in in Madison Square Garden at Prudential Center showed me how integral he he's such he's such an important piece of the whole thing. He really is. Um all right, let's do let us do the hmm. Okay, we got a QA question from Odd Rock History. How do I show it though? Uh, does it let me show the question? It says select the question. All right, select the question. What did I? Okay. Oh, interesting. So that's how it works. So it shows me the private question. So I'm getting asked here in the co- in the chat, what is the best drum part in the Misfits discography? So what's interesting is a lot of Googie's parts are very, very much like the same. They're not. Actually, that's not true. Because all, when all hell breaks was, all right, what's the best drum part? I don't know if it's the best drum part, but all hell breaks loose might be one of my favorites. I mean, that is a really, that is a really, really, really great drum part. Um, I love the drums on Earth AD. I love the drums on Earth AD are fantastic. I love the drums on uh attitude on like any anything static age that mr jim does is so special um greatest misfits drummer um mr jim definitely mr jim but listen manny manny's drumming is really cool man manny has some cool chops and joey you know mr jim definitely has Okay, so here's what's interesting. I think Mr. Jim has more power, more speed. That's what I mean. He's faster than Joey Image, but Joey Image has like a, a punk rock energy in, in his power hitting that fits those songs just as perfectly. Like it's hard for me to imagine Mr. Jim uh, playing on Children in Heat in that, in the way that, that Joey Image does. And the same time, you look at Joey image trying to emulate any of Mr. Jim's parts. In fact, anybody, even Dave, the great Dave Lombardo, who everybody loves. I like Dave Lombardo, all the respect to Dave Lombardo in the world, but <laughs> hold on. I got to highlight this comment. Cause it's fucking hilarious from, from, from Zach. That is funny. Let me finish my thought. Um, Oh, oh God. What was I just saying? Uh, you listen to Joey image trying to do, Oh, Oh, Dave Lombardo about Dave Lombardo, Dave Lombardo, uh, great drummer. Don't no disrespect to Dave Lombardo, but listening to him at the Prudential center in July and just listening to him, like just brutalize Mr. Jim's parts. He's not doing any of them. He takes so many shortcuts. There's no nuance. Um, you know, maybe he, maybe he's faster than Jim, like on some level. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I'm trying to give Dave some sort of bone here because he's Dave fucking Lombardo, but like Mr. Jim, he cannot play Mr. Jim's parts. He just doesn't do it. He doesn't do it right. You know, Mr. Jim, 
is on another level with his drumming on static. Aid. just another fucking level that dude. You listen again, just listen to any of those songs, man. And he just, the, what he's doing, uh, what he's doing on comeback, what he's doing on bullet, what he's doing on uh, uh, some kind of hate and what he's doing on attitude. Just spectacular, spectacular. All right. Zach said something that literally is hilarious. Googie. Go- okay. Googie had Googie. Like everything with Googie is like, can you hear that? I feel like there are so many misfit songs that Googie plays on where it's just like, but then again, he's also doing all hell breaks loose. All, blah, 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 all hell breaks loose. And he's going. They're pretty impressive for a guy who never drummed before. I mean, Googie, uh, that was the first band he was in was the Misfits, I guess. Um, but Count Zacula says Robo is the Doyle of Misfits drummers. That is so fucking true. Robo is the Doyle of Misfits drummers, dude. <laughs> he is. He is. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's true. That they, they, they. What a pair they were. What a pair they were. As a drummer, oh, Odd Rock History says, as a drummer, it's ridiculous to play anything on Earth AD. Same with All Hell Breaks Loose. That beat is not complicated, but it's strange to play. Interesting. I'd love to hear the Earth AD songs with Googie. I mean, Googie's drum playing does appear on some Earth AD songs. I think Googie, Googie is drumming on We Bite. Googie drums on Die Die My Darling. And Googie drums on, uh, shit, what's that last one? We Bite, Die Die My Darling, and Mommy Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight are all Googie drumming, I think, I believe. I don't think that's Robo. Um <laughs> Robo is the Doyle of Misfits drummers. I love that. Nobody says Dave. He, nobody says Dave. He's the best live Misfits drummer. I again, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I feel like Mr. Jim, Mr. Jim. Nobody plays Mr. Nobody does Mr. Jim's drums like Mr. Jim. Nobody. Nobody at all. Sorry. He just uh, nobody does it. Nobody does it. Um, hold on, I see a few more comments. We gotta, we gotta wrap this up, guys. But could Mister Jim play Robo's songs from Earth AD? That I don't know. I don't know, man. But w- listen, even if he couldn't, I mean, Robo's doing like Robo's a hardcore drummer. Even if Mister Jim couldn't, that doesn't take away from his fucking incredible prowess and his speed. Think about how fast of a drummer Mr. Jim is and everything that he's doing. Those fills. Those fills, man. I you know what? I want to give I want to give Jim the benefit of the doubt. I think he could do the static age. I mean the the Earth AD material. It wouldn't it wouldn't have as it wouldn't be as heavy, but it would be it would have more finesse to it too. I don't know. I think Mr. Jim could do it. Yeah. Okay. Zach. Zach is really. Zach and his has good analogies tonight. He says, "Mr. Jim is the Bobby Steele of Misfits drummers." Hell, fucking yeah! Two great analogies. Yep. Dave is like Jimi Hendrix doing Doyle's work. Yeah, but he takes shortcuts. He's not. 
he's he's he misses so much there's so much that he misses out he i don't know man i don't know dagger says that that dave does green hell really good fine but that's just one song <coughs> dave is overqualified eh. all right guys it's time for the trivia question i'm gonna read out the rules one more time and then i gotta decide on my trivia question i think i know what it is by the way to finish that poll let's take a look Let's take a look at the poll. So uh, we're going to end the poll now. It the, the final, it was it was 79% Misfits versus 21% uh, uh, Uncle Glenn. Uh, here are the rules one more time for the contest. These shirts will be printed up by riotstickers.com. I'm going to be doing a live show every single day. I'm going to be giving away a t-shirt. At the end of every episode, I will ask my trivia question. You will send your answer to fromusmail at gmail.com, and the first person to answer correctly will be the winner. You give me your name, your address, and your t-shirt size. If you are outside of the continental United States, you will have to cover shipping and handling. Join us night after night where I will be doing t-shirt giveaways who doesn't like a free t-shirt i'm not gonna go easy on any of you i'm gonna ask really hard questions so be prepared okay ready yeah i agree scottish mr jim for president hell fucking in fact mr jim shared with me a recording of his new band the vindicators and it sounds fucking awesome Really awesome. Mr. Jim is very potent, man. He's very potent. And he's still got a lot of kick in him. So, you know, he probably could do the Earth AD material. But he's not a hardcore drummer, you know? Like, it's just a different mentality. Like, that doesn't mean speed and speed and power in, that, in, in hardcore drumming does not make you a superior drummer. Again, let's see Robo. Let's see Robo actually play the parts that Mr. Jim does on static age, like actually play the parts, do all the fills, do all the little intricate little things that Jim is doing. You know, I mean, the, the guy is a fucking drumming genius on static age. So, all right, here is, here is my trivia question. It's hard, but it's not super hard. Do not answer it in the comments. The only way you can get it correct is if you send it in the email, if you don't send it in the email, it does not count. All right, first one I receive will be the one that is the winner. If you've answered a question on a previous show and you haven't heard from me, it's because I haven't checked any of them yet. I want to get a certain number in, and then I will start making the arrangements and whatnot. I'm waiting. All right, my question is as follows. Um, this Misfits track... Hold on, let me just make sure I'm clearly asking the question right. Don't want to fuck this up. Hold on. I just realized I might be fucking it up. Let's just make sure, Jeff. Don't fuck this up, buddy. Don't fuck this up. Is that really not available to me? Here we go. All right. Just making sure. Just making sure. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. One of the rarest Misfits tracks was not heard until its release 
1996. Think about the wording I'm using very carefully, okay? Don't take a minute. Listen to what I'm saying. One of the rarest Misfits tracks was not released until 1996. It only appears on one release. What is the name of that release and what is the name of that track? It's the only place it appears. It was not officially released until 1996. In fact, just to give you a little bit more uh, information, you could not get it even as a bootleg, okay? You could not get this track as a bootleg. It would have been impossible. The only way that you could have heard this is if you got this release in 1996. It is the rarest one of the rarest Misfits tracks. What is what is that track? Send me the answer and you can win a free t-shirt. Okay. Um, I don't think I got anything else for you. I think that's it. I think we did it. It was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, keep your okay, keep your eyeballs posted for uh, the release of my first Blu-ray. I'm super excited. It's loaded, 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 loaded with special features. Like, I got tons of stuff on this thing. I'm super excited about it. Super excited to share it with you all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share you, share with you the, uh, the artwork one more time. Check this out. My first release. Boom. There it is. Super excited for this. So that's going to be my my very my very first Blu-ray available for purchase. Check it out. Support independent art. This is a way that you can support be very modestly priced and you will get lots of value for it. Winner of the genre blast film festival, independent spirit award gouge away presented to you for the first time ever. It's the only way that technically right now, it's the only way that you can watch it unless you're a Patreon or YouTube member If you're a Patreon YouTube member. You can see it. So check this out. And we got more releases to come. In the future, more projects to work on eventually. It's going to be exciting. We'll see. We'll see. Lots to do. Lots to do. But this is what I'm knee deep in right now. I'm just like mired down in this. And I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. So I got to go because I got to go burn a disc of this right now and test it out. I got to QC it. We call it QC, quality control. I'm going to get everything out. This is my plan nine, people. This is my plan nine. Understand that. See this? Look. FF1, baby. You know what FF1 means? From us films one. Or from us film one. That's right. That's my label. This is my label. See that? Super exciting. More to come. More to come. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I'm out, guys. Peace. Hair grease. Check out the Patreon. Oh, new secret show was posted. Hey, should have said that at the beginning. Got a brand new secret show 
on the motherfucking Patreon and for YouTube members. So check that out as well if you are one of them. Okay. Goodbye.